Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This is the second message in our Discover Centerpoint series as we talk about growing together. The scriptures come from Philippians 3 verses 12 to 21 and Romans 12 verses 10 through 21. It's a pleasure for me to get to be able to dive back into our Discover Centerpoint series with you this morning. There's a whole lot that we want you to understand about our church. There's so much, in fact, that we created a three-week course that we want to invite you to that will launch after our worship services on October 9. So uh, check your calendars and and block in uh, Discover Centerpoint on October 9. But for now, this is what I want you to know about Centerpoint Church. We exist to make Christ known. And we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. And we carry out this mission by centering on the gospel, by transforming lives, by prioritizing a healthy culture, by valuing generations, and living on mission. And I know, I mean, I can read your minds. I can't really be at peace. But, but, but these sound like catchy words and fancy phrases, right? But at our core, I mean, I just want you to know this. At our core, this is who we are. And, and this is what we're about. And we're all about these things because we have a God-sized vision that says we want to reach young families and beyond with gospel-centered truth for the head and the heart that transforms lives and impacts our communities. It's a powerful, God-focused vision. And and, and we even want to include those who are new to our communities or, or far from Jesus. We want to impact the world for Jesus' sake. And we believe that that God has granted us and given us this vision and and that the scriptures call us to this in some really powerful ways. That is, if we are going to take the scripture seriously. Now, last week, both campuses came and, and they filled this space. It was a beautiful day if you were able to be with us. And we heard a, a heartfelt word from Pastor Jamie about this this call of knowing Christ. The Apostle Paul has some powerful words to say to the church in Philippi that Jamie shared with us from Philippians 3, and some of those phrases were these, like, I consider my everything as loss compared with the worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And he said, I consider everything as rubbish. I consider it all garbage, in fact, that I may gain Christ and be found by him. And then Paul says, I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection, and to participate in his sufferings. These are deeply emotive words, and it was a powerful message that Jamie shared with us. 
It was emotional and, and, and powerful. And, and, it, and it, it was powerful because this is who Jamie is. It's, it's his heart and it's one of the things that I love about him. I said it's one of the things. It's not the only thing. It's one of the things that I love about him. And it's what drew me to Center Point Church. It drew me to want to serve here because these things are, are deep in me too. I mean, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection and, and I want to participate in his sufferings too. I consider my life worth nothing and that everything is rubbish except for knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. Is this true for you too? Because this is what we want for you as your pastors. We want you to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And so today we're going to spend some time at the end of chapter 3 in Philippians 3. So you can open your Bible and you can get there. I'd invite you to do so. You can throw open your preferred electronic device or, or thumb your way to Philippians 3 in the scriptures. But I also want to invite you to put a finger in Romans chapter 12 because we're going to hang out there a little bit later as well. So we're a start in Philippians 3 and a little later we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. So as we turn to the word of the Lord, I'd invite you to uh, open your hearts to pray with me. Will you pray with me, please? Father, would your word be our rule? Holy Spirit, would you teach us and would the glory of Jesus be our single concern? Amen. Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this, Paul writes, or, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, do not, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Following Paul's example, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My wife Kathy and I love to entertain. It's, it's one of the things 
um, that we're decent at. And she's a phenomenal cook. She, is, she might be the best cook in the room, uh, and no offense to the rest of you. I mean, she's a phenomenal cook, and if you doubt that, um, here's exhibit A. Like, I'm really good at eating her really good food. I mean, you might doubt a lot of things about me, but you can't question that. And in one of the ways that, that we have supported various organizations over the course of a, a last number of years is that we'll donate a prime rib dinner, we'll auction it off to the highest bidder, and, and then um, we prepare food that we think, that we love, and that we think other people will enjoy too. And so then we share these things with other folks. And, and for me, the meal is all about the smoked meat. It just is. I mean, it's really my only contribution. It's the only thing that I add to the party. And, and I choose the rub. I make the rub. I run the smoker. And I'm responsible for that part of the meal. And it's, the, it's everything. I mean, it's the best part of the meal, in my opinion. Like, the rub for this roast has to be just right. And often it includes a litany of spices, paprika, garlic powder, white pepper, black pepper, jalapeno pepper, any more peppers, I love pepper. And of course there has to be a little bit of sea salt in there as well, but all the spices. And here's the thing, because the, the, the proper rub and the, the right temperature, the perfect wood chips, and, and the right amount of smoke makes it exactly what it is. I mean, it, it's, it all plays a part in making it this, right? The, the perfect meal, it, it makes it a meal that slaps, if you will. You're welcome, all the college students know what I just said. Um, it makes it awesome. And here's this thing, I was in Kansas City last spring, and there's this barbecue place called Slaps Barbecue. I had to take a picture. Had to take the picture. And, and I mean, it was phenomenal. I fell in love with the place. I mean, come on. Somebody with the naming of the restaurant, Slaps Barbecue, and it has to be legit, right, if that's the name? Anyway, I mean, I'm all about the burnt ends and, and the smoked brisket and, and the ribs and all the things. Anything, in fact, that's thoughtfully seasoned. Because it's how I like to smoke, too. But, but for my wife, or Kathy, it's all about the sides. The meal is all about all the other stuff. And who cares about those things, right? I mean, does a salad go well with the meal? Do, do the vegetables, bleh, do the vegetables complement <laughs> the meal? I mean, is the bread too heavy? Is it too light? I mean, all the things go into making a good meal. And, and how about the plate? I mean, do all of the concoctions, do they make the plate pretty and attractive both to the eye and to the taste? Who knew so much went into a meal, right? I mean, I didn't because when she's gone, the kids get meat <laughs> and maybe some chips or baked beans. I mean, because that's a vegetable, right? Baked beans. I'm not sure. But here's the thing. With, without all the courses and without all the things, it's really not a meal, is it? And without all the ingredients in the rub, it's just a bland piece of beef. 
neither the meal nor the meat are what they are intended to be. Like, have you ever tried a tablespoon of turmeric or paprika or cumin? Of course not. You wouldn't do that by itself because you would just spit that out of your mouth immediately, right? Because by themselves, they taste like garbage. But when you bring them all together, when they marry with one another, when they are together and they do the thing that they do together, then something is awesome. And it slaps. Theologian Angel Mendez Montoya uh, writes and he tells a story of, of Doña Soledad, a 60-year-old woman who was a mother and a grandmother, and she's a, an expert in creating Mexican mole. And in his book, The Theology of Food, which is a dish that takes 33 different ingredients and you put them together and then you crush them and you put them into the freezer for uh, weeks on end, he, he talks about this idea of elementary theology. It's, it's a theology that's more attentive to and welcoming of the multiple layers contained in the making of theology. And more importantly for him, it's about an envisioning of theology as nourishment. It's about thinking of food as theology and theology as food. And in our text today, Paul invites us, the church, to come together so that each ingredient or each person in in Philippi would come together. To, to do their thing to, to, so that the end result is something awesome, something that mm, slaps. And his invitation is to mimic him, which on first blush feels arrogant, right? But, but Paul's invitation is, is far from arrogant because he, he's quick up front to, to acknowledge, to admit that he has not already obtained all these things. He doesn't have it figured out, and he isn't finished in his journey. But, but he also knows clearly where it is that he's headed. Look with me at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have, take, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to which the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus, following Paul's example. Friends, Paul was a spiritual giant to the church in Philippi, and he still is to us. Paul is still a giant to us. But, but he was humble enough to acknowledge that he didn't have it figured out, that he was still growing and knowing the power of the resurrection and what it meant to participate in the sufferings of Christ. He, even, though, even though he had spent the better part of 30 years teaching and knowing Jesus as his Savior, he was still in the process of learning and growing and knowing and allowing Jesus to be the Lord of his life. You see, for Paul, there was still more to learn, more ways to grow, and more experiences to have 
before he would become all that God had created him to be, that he would be all that he was intended to be in Christ. So he pressed on toward the goal to win the prize. And, and I want you to notice this. He, he didn't press on alone. I mean, he sometimes did, but he invited you and he invited his church. He invited others to as well. He, he needed to spend more time with the paprika, with the cumin, with the turmeric and the garlic salt, if you will. He needed to spend more time with the saints. And, and so do we if we are going to be come all that we are intended and all that God created us to be. Look with me at verse 15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things and if on some point you think differently that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. All of us who are mature the text says. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Who are the mature here? Anybody under 70 willing to raise your hand? Are you mature? I mean, because oftentimes we think that maturity comes with age. But, but theologically, there's something different being communicated here, and there's something different for us to consider. The writer of the letter of Hebrews has said that the mature are those who no longer drink milk, but have solid food. They are those who have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. They are we who are in Christ, who, who have the Spirit, and who desire to know Christ and to know and allow the Spirit to empower and equip us. That's who the mature are, and Paul pleads with them. He pleads with us. It's you, and it's me. Join with me again in verse 17. Join together, the text says, in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as, you, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But friends, our citizenship is in heaven. Join together. Don't go it alone. Follow my example, Paul writes. And don't be distracted by the ways of the world. Paul wants us to understand, keep your eyes on those who live as we live. And it seems pretty simple, doesn't it? At Center Point Church, we find several ways in which we can live this out. And I'm going to show you three this morning, okay? The first is this, to worship. We join together every week and we grow together by coming together and gathering regularly in this space to worship the Lord. To read the word of the Lord together and to hear the word spoken from a pulpit. And in addition, a lot of times when we come together in this place, we, we experience and we witness the sacraments. We participate in them through baptism and, and through the Lord's Supper. And, and this miraculous thing happens. And not only do we grow together, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're united with Christ. And it's fantastic. Don't give up meeting with one another as some are in the habit of doing. We worship together. 
Disciple or discipleship is another way in which we join together and we grow together. It's, it's another way in which we participate in the life of the church. We grow with one another. We have several functioning life groups at the moment. And, and there are a handful more that are being assembled. If you want to grow with other people, let's have a conversation. I want to talk with you about that. We share life together. We put our feet under the table together. We pray with one another. These are the things we do. And, and our lives begin to become awesome. They become, we become who we were intended to be. And something is beautiful is created when white pepper and black pepper and jalapeno pepper and paprika come together. It's this beautiful thing that develops. And it takes time, like the Mexican mole, to, to, to uh, all of the ingredients to come together and be really beautiful. And we don't care what your problems are. We don't care if, you're, if your flavor is pretty nasty on its own together. It's a beautiful thing. Here's a third way in which we come together and we grow together through discipleship opportunities. Centerpoint kids and Centerpoint students launched this morning and we're really excited about that because this is, these, these teams are run by people who love Jesus. And then they have volunteers who love Jesus and our kids as much as our staff members do. And mm, something fantastic happens when people use their gifts and we're all growing together. But we also have adult opportunities, so don't sleep on this, friends. In the back of your worship guide, there's, a, there's a, an offering that Pastor Sai will lead called Real Life Discipleship Training. That's going to begin, I think, on September 28th. And I lead a 10-week uh, group of people through a process, an ongoing process of spiritual formation called Faith Walking that will launch October 2. I'll be in a welcome center after worship. We can talk. Let's have a conversation about that. Or go to wearecenterpoint.com find ministries and click down and you'll be able to find your niche. But, but college students, we haven't forgotten about you. Tomorrow night, we're, we're going to hang out in room 99, which is out there down the hall and down the steps at the bottom of the place. And, and we just want to spend some time with you. We don't presume to know everything that you may or may not want. So we're going to spend a little time in worship and then, and then we're going to share our heart with you. Because, because we believe you belong here and, and that I believe I belong here. And if you're here and I'm here, maybe there's some things that we can do together where we can grow together. So we just want to spend a little time and hang out. So 7.30 tomorrow night. And if you need a lift, you need a ride, uh, check the worship guide. We'll come get you even. Thirdly, serve. Learning and studying God's word is, is a powerful way in which we can grow together. But, but another way we grow together is by serving at Centerpoint Church. Our teams have a blast together. As they come together, they serve the church. They serve people who walk in the doors. And new relationships are built because you might be serving alongside somebody that you normally don't hang out with. And something really beautiful happens there. All of the flavors come together and something fantastic happens. Last week was a beautiful example of this. We had people from our Haywarden campus serving alongside people from our Sioux Center campus. And like all y'all were blessed with good food. And uh, this is the way we grow together when we intermix with other people. And when we think about serving, I just want to be clear. Like we aren't going to pigeonhole you into a life sentence, into something that you don't like, that isn't in your gift set. 
it, it, that's drudgery and that isn't fun. It's not life-giving, so find a place and use your gifts. Maybe you enjoy hospitality, like meeting new people and, and have the gift of gab. So if, if this is you, you could serve in guest services. That might be the perfect place for you to start. Maybe you have lots of energy and, and, and you, you can serve kids. We could still use some volunteers, yeah, Sarah? I mean, we would take them all the time, right? And I'm pretty clear on my lane. I mean, I would rather spend time in prison doing prison ministry because I belong there more than I belong in kids ministry. But some of you, you have that gift. So let's exercise that. Let's grow together that way. Or maybe you have an eye or an ear for things creative. Maybe you would, would be uh, really good at running our light or soundboard. Maybe you would uh, be willing to run a computer or a camera uh, once a month. I mean, these are ways in which we grow together. Because these people play a vital part in you getting to worship. And we need you. We need all of you. And maybe you love to sing. I mean, maybe you play, the, play an instrument. Contact Ray. Uh, that team has a lot of fun. I sit in the back uh, during the, the pre-rehearsal uh, time, and, and I watch people interact with each other, and there is growth that takes place when this happens. But maybe, maybe you're more of a doer. Maybe you want to serve, and so we have opportunities for you. It's a, if it's a Wednesday night meal ministry, maybe there's something that we need to do in our community. There are ways in which you can use your gift alongside of other people and grow, and lastly, Maybe you're caring and compassionate. Maybe you, maybe you have an empathetic heart. And maybe you're willing to share an encouraging word with somebody every now and then. I mean, care looks different for every age bracket. But we need people who are willing to engage in this. And we're always looking for others who are willing to serve. So I invite you to go to the website. Again, ministries down to serve. Because this is what it is to grow together in Christ. There's all kinds of ways in which you can engage. Engaging in the life of the church in these ways, friends, it is for God's glory and for our good. It's for your good. It's in these spaces and places that we really are becoming all that God intends us to be. It, it's when we worship, when we are discipling and being discipled, and, and when we're serving that our lives become all that they've been intended to be, like a finely smoked rib roast. Because here's the thing, if, if you aren't growing and if you aren't moving forward and moving toward Jesus, you're actually moving away. Did you know that? And given that we haven't already obtained all this, let's keep straining toward the goal and pressing on toward the goal to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has created and called you. Friends, the call of Christ matters. It matters on my life and it matters on yours. And if you are mature in the faith, if, if the Spirit is alive in you and, and you have been discipled and trained up to discern between good and evil, like Paul taught, the lessons are everywhere. And he taught them everywhere he went. Let's check this in the book of Romans. I told you we were going to get there. Here we are, Romans 12, beginning of verse 5. So in Christ, 
we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If, if it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If you're human, be human. If you're garlic powder, be garlic powder. If you're turmeric, then be turmeric. But remember, on your own, you don't taste very good. These spices, when, when mixed together, when you do these things together, you turn a bland piece of meat into something that is a mouth-watering delicacy that, that that prime rib roast or a brisket becomes when it's made with love. And ultimately, friends, ultimately, love is what growing together is all about. Ultimately, love is what Jesus is all about. Paul says this at, towards the end in verse 10 of Romans 12, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Look around. Or open your mind for just a moment and, and take, a, take a tour in your mind of, of your Twitter feed or, or scan the news that's rolling through your mind and look at Instagram or, or read the newspaper. Allow yourself to go there for just a minute. And as you do, what do you see? What is it that you see? Like our social media feeds are full of people living their best lives posting their most glorious images and, and that they're out there for all of us to see. But sometimes people post things too that are angry and irritating and they create polarization and division that are opposite, that, that are contrary to what Paul is telling us, what it looks like to grow together in Romans chapter 12. Because according to the text, growing together looks like being devoted to one another. It looks like honoring one another above ourselves. It looks like keeping our spiritual fervor, even when there's pressure to do otherwise. And we don't grow together in isolation. We just won't. We don't. And I know you're like, yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. I mean, isolation and growing together are, are opposed to one another. You can read the Bible on your own. You can. And you can memorize passages 
by yourself. You can. But we will never choose to share with those in need. We won't practice hospitality. We won't bless those who persecute us if we aren't growing together. And the last thing we'll do is ever hang out with people of low position if we don't have somebody else pushing us forward, encouraging us. Friends, we need others to encourage us along the way, to hold us accountable so that we would live at peace with everyone so far as it depends upon us. So we return to our metaphor. Because I don't know about you. I mean, I, I know a lot of you, but I don't know all of you. I don't know about you. But I want my life to slap. I mean, I want to live the fully alive life. I want my life to be awesome. And so I need other people in my life. I need to grow with you. What about you? Do you want, like, this, this deep, uh, savory meal, or do you like bland? Are you living your life in isolation, or are you, are you allowing other people and the ingredients that they bring into your life to marinate with one another, to become a beautiful and awesome tasting experience? Where are you? Are you worshiping? in discipling and, and being discipled by others? Are you serving in ways that bring color to your plate and add deep, intense flavor to your life? In what ways are you experiencing this kind of vibrant relationship with Jesus and with others? Because if you're not, I wonder what's holding you back. What is it that, that's keeping you from living a life like that. I mean, if you've tasted and seen it previously and, and you aren't right now, I would love to have a conversation with you. I'll be at the Welcome Center after worship. Let's have a conversation. But if you are, and if you're ex enjoying this, this deep, um, beautifully uh, seasoned life, I want to talk to you too. I would love to hear how it's happened. What are the things that you have in place that are helping you grow together? Because this is it. This is it. How are we going to grow together? What are you willing to do? What are you presently doing? And what do you need to say no to so that you might grow together? Because this is who we are intended to be, church. Let's grow together, worship, disciple, serve. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give you thanks for the scriptures, and I give you thanks for the example. I give you thanks, O oh God, for the way in which um, you use all of us, that, that you call us to join together and then you call us to be devoted to one another, to honor one another above ourselves. Um, and we need you, Holy Spirit, in order to do that. I would pray that you would increasingly be drawing people here to worship you. And, and as that happens, I pray for a deepening in our discipleship that we would uh, disciple and be discipled 
And then I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would understand then that there is a call to serve in whatever way in which it is that we can bless you, oh God. For those among us who are grieving, who have a diagnosis that they haven't even shared with somebody yet, um, I pray that your spirit will be with them, um, that they would have people in their lives that they can grow together with um, for your glory and for their own good. God, go with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.